Hi everybody, welcome back. Another episode of one of these years. Football marches on. Uh, we are in deep water, uncharted water, Colton. <laughs> uh, I am, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Colton Pouncey. Uh, the NFC Championship game episode. We never thought we'd say it on, the, on, a, on a podcast called One of These Years, but here it is. Colton, Lions 49ers, what we all thought was happening when the season started. I mean, no, we didn't <laughs> think this was happening, but uh, how are we doing, my man? One went away from the Super Bowl. One went away. It's it's very weird. I'm sitting here um, in the Lions facility. It's January 25th um, in the media room. You know, there's a backdrop that says NFC Championship game and still hasn't really hit me that they're here, but maybe it will that's on weird. Sunday when kickoff comes and they're in San Francisco with a shot at a Super Bowl on the line. So that's going to be pretty crazy. And the fact that they're here right now is still kind of mind blowing. But uh, yeah, how about this? Huh? I mean, like I still can't. It took me till like um I guess Wednesday, yesterday was uh, when I got my whole, I should probably ask if they go to the Super Bowl, am I going to go? <laughs> like, the whole thing is I'm like, I it still, it took that long to sink in. And it was one of those things where I thought they were going to beat Tampa Bay. I thought that that the whole last week, right? I thought that was going to, ha- I was ready for that to happen. Um, and I'm prepared for them to compete in this game too, that we'll talk about here on the show. But I, again, just was, I, I don't know. It still feels a little bit surreal to me that this is actually happening. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. am I the only one? I mean, do you feel the same way? Me around the team, so you probably feel similar, I, I I imagine. It still feels a little weird here. I mean, this time last year, I was, like, ready for my offseason. I was chilling. Yes. I was, like, back home, hanging with friends, like, taking some time down. And here I am still working January 25th. Right. So it is unexpected. weird. Um, yeah. Unexpected. But I think we knew this Lions team, if they were the team that we thought they were, would have a chance to compete oh, and totally. contend and hang with the big boys, as Dan Campbell said after the game on Sunday. Um, we, they kind of proved it down the stretch last year with that 8-2 that and two run. We needed to see if it was real. We needed to see them carry over for a full season. They did that this year. So when the playoffs started and they got some some good matchups, it was kind of like, all right, man, here we go. Let's see right. if they can uh, take care of business against teams that they're supposed to, to beat. I know people freaked out about Stafford, but the Lions were a better team than the Rams in the regular season. Right. Um, the Buccaneers, Baker came here and played like hell. I mean, gave it, gave it their all, but the Lions were the better team. So they won two games they were supposed to win. Here they are against a, t- against a team that they're probably expected to lose against. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But the fact that they're here, based on what they did in the regular season, I guess shouldn't be a surprise. But for this franchise, yeah. I think that's, you know, they've never been it's at this point. And, and it's been 32 years since they've been in this point, And they've never won this game to get to the Super Bowl. So it is kind of surreal. But um, based on what we've seen this year, I guess it shouldn't be. I get a kick out of Campbell how he always explains the playoffs, like the, he calls it the tournament, number one, the tournament. which is always great. Or the um, dance, yeah. Or the dance, which is great. <laughs> because, frankly, that's what I compare it to. I, it's like the NCAA tournament, like what you just said. There are no, especially in today's NFL, in the old days, it was very different. Today's NFL, with parody the way it is, and we talk about it all the time. Chris and I used to talk about it when the show started, during the Patricia days. The margins, right, between... Um, you know, your let's say the top two teams, we know who those guys are, right? Usually, but like three or four through you know, the first three or four out of the playoffs, that margin's not that wide, so you just got to get in, and then all hell can break loose, and who in the hell knows what happens. Suddenly, you look up and you're playing for a championship, like that's you know, if you have that sort of day by day mindset, like a lot of young teams with good coaches, like this one, tend to have. You know, these things can creep up on you. And you're like, whoa, what the hell happened here? But I also think that some of it is, and that's why I get a kick out of Campbell explaining it. Like people around here 
needed to be reminded probably of what the playoffs actually are and how they work here because for 30 years it had been so much focus on just win one of these games like who cares if you win one and just get blown out in the next week we don't care like that's sort of how people had settled on it because it had taken so long but I think that speaks more to how ridiculous that streak was and now yeah it's it's something to probably get more used to that you're going to have to plan into January possibly for a Dan Campbell Lions team, right? Because you don't know. Yeah. You get in and you get hot and look what the Ravens do all the time, right? I mean, they're having a great year this year, but how many years have they pulled that off? Solid yeah. year and then they beat a bunch of teams, right? Mm -hmm. Literally anything can happen this time of year. I mean, just look at the Packers. They were probably one mm -hmm. stop away from getting to the NFC Championship game themselves and taking 100%. down the number one seed as a seven seed. So, yeah, man, it's just about getting in and seeing what you can do. That's what Dan Campbell said all offseason. Like, we just got to get in the playoffs. We want to get this division. Let's get in the playoffs and see what we can do. That's right. why he never said this is a Super Bowl or bust year. That was never the expectation. It was just let's see how we stack up against these other teams in our conference. And turns out they stack up pretty damn well. They're here in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. They're playing the 49ers, one of the most talented teams in the league. And this is a group that thinks that they can hang with them. So they're going to go to San Francisco fully expecting to win. Um, that's what Jared Goff said about the first two games. And I, I imagine it's the same thing this week. Like they're not yeah. afraid of anyone on the schedule. They think they can compete and win against any team in this league. And, um, you know, that's a product of the last three years and kind of what they built here slowly and the guys they have and the way they're wired. We talk about it so often, but um, that's what this week is about. That's why Campbell even said, you know, the biggest the biggest thing for us this week is blocking out the noise. He, yeah, right. I saw he that. started his press conference yesterday. <laughs> had me dying. Oh, you, he, he was idiots like, in there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I mean, honestly, the media room was like packed to the brink. I had to sit in second row again. Really? Uh, oh, God, the worst. Too? Nothing, nothing worse. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but oh. you look around, the room is packed, and you got national media, local media, reporters from out of town. Like, and he goes, Most of the time I come here, there's what I don't know, 20 of you, and now it's a whole packed room, people I don't even recognize. So he's like, Who are you people? You guys weren't with us from the beginning. Uh, but also, right. <laughs> but also, you guys are gonna talk go in the locker room and talk to my players about how great they are and mm -hmm. how their shit doesn't stink, and right. <laughs> basically, like you know, try to get to the bottom of why they got here. And his whole message is we got to keep this about us, about the team. Um, San Francisco has its own challenges, but um, we can't fight San Francisco and the media hype that we're getting. We got to hunker down and kind of block out the noise and focus yeah. on us oh. and try to get this, try to get this win so we can go Super Bowl. That's kind of the message this week. And um, yeah, they're here for a reason. I think they've done a good job of that for the most part, but big test this week for sure. Yeah, I think there was a point you touched on there a second ago about how they're not afraid of anybody on the schedule, and right, and that's very real. I mean, that was a thing from the minute they beat Kansas City, uh, frankly. I think that they told themselves right then and there, and that's probably the day that jump-started this thing and kicked, you know, got the rival or got the uh, rebuild going into, you know, sort of hyperdrive, in my opinion. But, mm -hmm. you know, in general, I think this is just, you know, a team that is still sort of finding its way. I understand the need to guard against, you know, the whole, like, I don't want them to get arrogant or whatever it is. And I think that'll be a bigger deal once they get to the Super Bowl. But the fearlessness is very real. And I think the coolest part about that is um, there's been a lot of talk this week about how, you know, the Tampa game was the anniversary of Campbell's kneecap speech, Colton. It was the, to the day, three years to the day, January 21st, um, that he gave the talk about the whole thing. And, you know, when you go back and you listen to that thing, the only thing he promised, um, was this team is going to be like the people here, like, you know, fearless. You're not going to be afraid of anything. And because there's not really, you don't have a choice. And that's what it's like here. 
uh, as you know, you've been here for you know several years now. That's what it's like for a lot of people here. And that's been the coolest thing to see is that it truly has, and this doesn't happen very often, you know, in professional sports, certainly. The Lions have truly taken on a, uh, you know, sort of like the whole area's attitude about how they approach business. And I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's been really neat. And I know I'm curious to your perspective on that is Chicago is a similar place to Detroit, right? It's not that different. Um, I imagine if a Bears coach were to pull the same, that's a Ditka level type situation, right? That's the impact that you're you're sort of seeing here, and that's it's pretty crazy and wild. But I have to stop and think about that quite a bit. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, a lot of coaches say they want a tough, gritty team that's gonna, you know, of course, right, to the wire. Yeah, but not all, like not every coach can do it. You know, mm-hmm. that's I think that's the most impressive thing that Dan Campbell's done is that he has done everything he said he was going to do. You know, those intro pressers. You can look back on them three years down the road and they look horrible. They didn't age well. You know, nothing they said back then actually resonated oh, so many. in the present day. And the thing about Campbell, and it's not just the intro press. So you look at hard knocks. You look at pretty much any press conference he had in those early years. Everything has aged so well. He's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Soothsayer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, to say that he wanted a team that kind of mirrored the city um, – in so many ways, like you look up and that's happening and right. they're here for a reason, still playing football in late January because of everything he said three years ago um, and the team that he wanted to build. He went out and did it along with Brad Holmes, along with his assistants. Um, the players had to buy in and and they've done that. So really top to bottom, they've kind of molded this team into the identity of Detroit. And that's really cool to see because you don't yeah. see that everywhere. It's very mm-hmm. rare to actually have a team that reflects the city. Um and again, so many people try, but a lot of people fail. And the fact that Dan Campbell has succeeded in that, I think, is um, you know one of the best things he's done as head coach of the Lions. It's just like it, like you said, it's so hard because people here in a lot of places like this, their bullshit detector is so high yep. that you can't lie to them. And so you know, like, number one, the coach has to be brutally honest, and that's so hard in football. You know, to rec- to to be like that means that you have to have. Full and total confidence in your ability to be a coach and run a, th- a team and no football, right? That's how I look at it. You know, the, the blunt, like, I'm not afraid of anything because I'll just be honest with you, right? I don't care. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's coming from someone who just doesn't have anything to hide. And the confidence there is, it just, it's all resonated down. And I think that it's been really cool to see. Uh, and on top of that, you know, we can talk about this Tampa game here before we get into some of the 49ers talk. This was the one I think, and Goff actually mentioned this um, when uh, during the Wojo question there yesterday when uh, he asked about the, the non-superstars and all that. Which Great is exchange, by the way. Great exchange. Yeah. Um, but so Ragnow got the spotlight. Frank Ragnow gets the spotlight in this game. This is a game where obviously we see the Lions needed the run game to work. Um, obviously they wanted to throw it a lot too, but like it still needed to work uh, on the ground. Uh, and you lose Frank in a game like that, and it probably doesn't end the way that they want it to end. They'd probably be done, right? But he yep. put on an all-time performance, Skulton. Um, I saw that Lions fans donated $20,000 to his charity in the day after, which was like, that says it all. But, like, I don't think I've been happier for a player in a long, long time than I was to see Goff pull Ragnow in and they – on the NBC interview there and everyone in the country, 40 million people, whatever it was got to, like, that's, that's the stuff. When we talk about, that'll be the difference between all pro and not for him for the rest of his life. Everyone knows him now. He's an all pro center. 
And those are the games and those are the moments. And like, how cool was that? Like, just to me, Frank is like the living symbol of the entire Campbell culture. It's like he's yeah. he's the whole thing. No doubt. I totally agree with you. When you get that kind of attention on a game like that, a stage like that, you're going to be remembered in this league for a long time. That's the players are all watching from home and saying, oh, that dude, Yo, that they dude balled out. Yeah, he right. gave it all he had. Like, he's different. And that's kind of the. That's kind of the reputation you can earn in the playoffs like this. And I think Frank has been a great player for a long time but never got the recognition. You know, he's always kind of overshadowed by, you know, Jason Kelsey and some of these other centers in this league. But he's right there with them. You know, he's one of the best players at his position, has been for a few years now. The injuries have kind of slowed him down. But, um, you know, he's right back here in a way that is really cool to see because he's put in the work over the years. He's battled through hell. Yeah. Look at the injury report every week. Crazy. It says like head, shoulders, knee, toes. You know that kind yeah, of thing. Right. <laughs> like, it does literally. <laughs> it's like a wiggle song. <laughs> yeah, it's like a um, body. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and it's funny because like even after the game, they're on the field. It's it's Ragnow and uh and Jared Goff, and Goff has to remind him to take his helmet off for an interview. That's kind of how <laughs> not right. used to the spotlight he is, but um, I thought it was really cool to see it. He spoke to us the other day, um, just kind of uh, you know going through the, the emotions of a game like this and you know, gutting it out for his team. And, you know, he was in pain. Like, let's let's not be – Big time. Let's be real about this. He was in a lot of pain. Um, But he battled through it. And and they, I don't think the Lions win that game without him, to be honest with you, Um, him going back out yeah, there I and know. finishing the game because they needed him. He was impactful on a lot of those runs, a lot of those touchdowns and um, pass protection and whatnot. And, um, you know, even not even just that, but, like, the chess game between a defense like the Bucks that blitzes and comes at you from so so many different angles, it's it's him and Goff um, mm-hmm. to point that out to the rest of the offense, saying, "Hey, this guy's coming. Hey, he's coming on your left." You know, that's that's their job. That was the responsibility of those two during the week. Something Ben Johnson talked about. And he's like, "I'm glad I have Frank Bragg now, even before that game," yeah. um, and they answered the test. So to see him have that moment in the spotlight, I thought was was awesome. Was well deserved. Was pretty much everything you could think of. Um, because he is kind of the lion of this group. He like is. him, Taylor like Decker, lion. those two, I think, are probably yep. at the forefront of all of this because they've been here um, for some losing years, and now they're they're on top and they get the moment in the spotlight. And um, yeah, it's really cool to see. Yeah, Frank Frank right now is like one of the most down to earth, big time athletes I've ever met, like or ever spent any time with. He he let me watch film with him a couple years ago um, for like an hour. And a half. We watched film for it was more than an hour. Um, in there about a bunch of stuff and like the things that he was talking about, the things that he, that I was asking about, like, what's this, that, you know, all the stuff, the coverages that he was able to identify and things that he was going through in his head. Uh, I was reminded of it when he talked about that on Sunday and it's like, but he's also a guy, like I said, he's down to earth and he's just a regular person. He is a regular <laughs> is. guy. He is, you know what I mean? Like Frank Rack, you would not know if he was not six foot five and 300, whatever pounds, He'd be a regular guy fishing in Arkansas, working at like Home Depot or something. Is it's a, almost you know, like like the NFL is like a rec league sport for him. Yeah, like, and it's like, and I think that he, you know, obviously his parents are. I've never met them. His dad obviously passed away, and he spoke about that. I've never met his mom, but they're obviously great people because he's a tough, you know, just a solid person. Maybe he was like that his whole life, but like, I feel like he sees this football as like this great opportunity to you know help other people in some ways help his family help other people around him. he's got the charity that's how he looks at it like for real that's how he legitimately looks at it like i love the game and i obviously want to play for as long as i can but like it's an opportunity for me to be you know the best for that's he's a really special 
you know, player. Uh, he was like one of the only ones they had during the Patricia era. And I remember talking to him even back then and like he would, he never got bigger than the team, you know, ever. He was like, I'm just, he was, he would struggle and think that he sucked just as bad as, you know, whatever, that he's just the most steady handed down to earth person that you could ever meet. And those are the leaders that, you know, that's Dan Campbell too, right? In so many ways, he's like the most down to earth coach you've ever met. And you know, that it just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Very cool. A lot of dudes like that on this team, actually, that are just grounded and, um, I think those are, you know, obviously Frank was here before this new staff got here, but I think that's kind of the, the mentality that um, these guys crave from the yeah. top up on down. Like they want dudes like Frank on this team. And there's a reason they, you know, brought him back here and have, have propped him up as a leader on this team. So, yeah, Frank uh, could not have happened to a, a better guy, like up for Walter yeah, Payton, great. man of the year, does a lot in the community, um, has battled through injuries, and now here he is, you know, about to play for a Super Bowl potentially. So, yeah, yeah good for him. Great to see. Other guys got recognition, as we've talked about all year, but he was one, too, that that's going to keep coming. The, re- the game itself, Colton, was interesting, I thought. Campbell mentioned afterward about, um, you know, they threw the ball so much because he thought they had to. And, I, okay, I mean, that's I'm not going to disagree with that. I also – I don't know, though. I know I could give it when Jonah Jackson goes out. That was. Just, what were your thoughts on the way that that whole thing played out? Because it was another one where I feel like it probably didn't need to be – as close as it was, frankly, but it was, and you know they were able to do what they needed to do there. But I don't know what were your thoughts on that and how the how the offense sort of went away, stuck with its plan. Obviously, they're going to throw the ball a lot, and I got why because the big dudes up front. But what were your thoughts on that whole deal? Yeah, the, the one thing Campbell said was they were throwing to loosen up the defense for the run right. game in the second half, which I think makes sense as a game plan. I mean, the Tampa Bay secondary, they got Winfield, but. I don't know. I don't know, man. They should be a better secondary with the talent they have. Yeah, but they gave up a lot. Really of pass well coached. Yeah, yeah. That's what we'll say. <laughs> they they gave up a lot of pass yards, um, and so I think the goal was, hey, let's throw it early and often. Let's try to move the ball on them, and then we'll wear them down. We'll get them on their heels, and then we'll hit, hit them with the run game in the second half. And mm-hmm. go, you know, Gibbs with the run that he had, um, maybe Montgomery wearing them down. He didn't have his best game, but I think that was the game plan. That was the idea. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think you want to get into a habit of having Jared Goff throw, what, 43 times, however many. Yeah, not that did. early, too, right? Yeah, no, certainly, um, not. certainly not. But, I mean, he answered the bell, I thought. I thought he, he did. for the most part, I think he had one play in the end zone where he tried to target St. Brown that probably should have been intercepted, that wasn't. Um, but other than that, he was, he was pretty sharp, sharp with the ball, efficient, um, no turnovers, uh, which is what you want from him around this time of the year. And uh, they were able to get it done. So the run game, I think, came through for the most part, like, Gibbs finished with 74 yards, a touchdown, nine carries, very efficient. Uh, Montgomery had 33 yards and 114 for the day. Not not your best, not your worst. I think you're against yeah, a defense like right. this, you take that because they're and, pretty stout yeah. against the run. So I think they got enough in the run game, enough from Goff. And I mean, you put up 31 points, it's hard to complain about an offensive game plan, in my opinion. And frankly, it ended up being fine, I think. And it was yeah. curious to me at the time. And that's why. I want to talk about it because in the moment I was like, what the hell are they doing? Like, why are they not <laughs> running the ball? And like, when it was still pretty close, you know, at one point I remember looking up and being like, this is like one of their worst days of the year running the ball. Right. And then you look at it at the end and you're like, no, it's fine. It was, it was more or less fine because yeah. Gibbs got the big one out and that's the idea. You're loosening them up for one or two hits. And so that's another example. I think for a lot of people in the moment we get upset sometimes everyone does about what's going on or how it's happening. But I do, and I, and I have, I do think there've been times this year 
especially late in the season where Ben Johnson either stuck to something too long or tried to get off of something and ended up getting himself in trouble. Yeah. But, but this is probably one I would say that uh, it totally worked. The long game definitely worked. The you know They threw the ball to loosen it up. And all you're really looking for in that spot, because you don't think they can move the ball against you, which they, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a couple big hits, like they said, to Mike Evans. And other than that, it was whatever. I think it was pretty good. And I think that, you know, I'm, it leads me to my next question here as we look at uh, 49ers stuff. Um, I don't know what the plan is here. I think you got to be yourself in this one. I, that, that was my whole thing going into the last game is, you know, are they going to try to manage it in some way and try to outfox Todd Bowles, which they did, which is hard to do, or are they just going to beat themselves and make them deal with and make the other the Bucks in that case deal with them, which they really didn't do until late in the game. I'm curious what your thoughts on this one would be because I I feel like San Francisco is good at everything defensively, and you just got to do your thing, right? I mean, to me, that's what you do here. Yeah, I don't think you can try to attack them in any one way. Like, I guess exploit a flaw because they don't have a lot of flaws. Like, no. Tampa was bad against the pass and great <laughs> against the run, so obviously that was sort of the game plan. Uh, the 49ers have the number three rushing defense. They give up 89.7 yards per game. And their pass defense is like top 15. So that's it's really good. Yeah. I mean, in terms of total yards per game, I think they're like seventh or something in the NFL. So um, don't give up a lot of, a lot of yards. They're third in points per game, 17.5. So <laughs> I do think you just got to play your game and try to try to try to use your weapons against theirs. Like that's, yeah. Try to get the one-on-one matchups, like have Gibbs against a linebacker, um, Saint over the middle against a linebacker. I think that's you got to stick to your bread and butter. I think um, rather than just trying to hit them one certain way. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I mean, it's 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 a tough tough answer. It's going to be their biggest test of the season. I mean, they played the Ravens and the Ravens defense obviously neutralized the Lions offense. The Forty mm-hmm. ers aren't as good. Still going to be tough because they got so many dudes on that defense, man. So many. Um, so. They're going to have the work cut out for them for sure, but I think you got to lean on your stars and try to let them win their battles. You know, the 49ers have obviously been, for the last couple of years now, to me, they've been one of the most popular teams in the league forever, but like certainly in the last few years because of Shanahan and his scheme and how much everyone copies it and all that. But also, they've, they have talent, big-time talent, and they've had big-time talent, you know, for several years. The first game Campbell coached as a, co- as a coach here was against the 49ers. Um in 2021 it was the opener uh i think it was trent williams second year and they got back to like they won the playoff game that year they were really really freaking good kittle was either in maybe in year three and had already taken off and all this um and the game it was weird i remember looking back to it i looked back on it for something this later this week or whatever and it was a weird reminder of like how far they've come but also like how effective Dan Campbell's offense can be when they just do their thing and they don't worry about anything else. Cause back then they could scare the shit out of people when they just did their thing and like did it as hard as they could. You know what I mean? They pick a couple things and just do it as hard as you can. That game started out. Okay. They were in it. And then the 49ers had like 24 points in the second quarter blew up a turnover or something happened and they could not keep up with them. They couldn't obviously stop the run any of this. It was like an avalanche, which can happen. But that game was 41 to like 17 going into the fourth quarter, and the Lions lost 41-33 and had the ball on the 24-yard line with a chance to tie it. Yep. That was the first time we saw a Dan Campbell football team, and it was a fearless 
We're just doing our thing. We don't give a shit what anything else is happening. Mike McDaniel was the OC. D'Amico Ryans was the DC of that. They were loaded. And they had them down, you know, at the 20, I think it was the 24 with a chance to win it uh, fourth and 10, or at least tie it fourth and 10. And like, so to me, I look at this game and I've had a lot of people ask, like, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, it's, it's really hard. And we can talk about every little position here in the matchups and all this, but like, to me, this is another one. We go back to where we talked about at the beginning. If they are themselves and they're going there fearless and they play their brand of ball, buddy, this this will be a football game. This will not just, this will not be a Brock Purdy, Cal Shannon coronation. This will be a game all the way to the end. And I don't know how it'll go, but to me, that's how I look at how this is shaking out. My early sort of thoughts on the whole deal here. Yeah, I, I think the, the best way to put it for the Lions is that this needs to be a complete a complete game. Um, you need yeah, everyone for this yeah. mm-hmm. You're not going to win with just golf. You're not going to try to run it down their throats. You need everyone to, to kind of contribute in this one to get it out, to pull it out. Because let's be honest, going on the road in San Francisco against a team like this is not going to be easy. Now, if we're talking game plan, I'm thinking about it a little more. I'm watching the the uh, divisional round against the Packers, mm-hmm. and you're looking up. It's like, why is it such a low scoring game so early right. on? The Packers were moving the ball. They just couldn't finish, obviously, in the red zone. But, like, their time of possession in that first half was so skewed Mm -hmm. that I do think you should rely on your running backs a little bit and try to eat up some clock and keep this explosive offense off the field as much as possible. Um, And if you can do that, and then you capitalize in the red zone in ways that the Packers couldn't, and we know the Lions, I think, have the number three red zone offense in the league, um, I think that's how you keep it a game. Because it's it's not going to be easy to kind of – you know, put up points in a hurry. But if you can have these, you know, eight play, nine play drives to take up like six minutes, I think that's how you kind of keep the slow scoring, keep it a game entering the fourth quarter, and then anything can happen. I think the defense is set up in a way where they've kind of been letting one player go off in the secondary and then just right. kind of bottling everything up around it. Uh, the run game, running backs have not been able to have success against this run defense. I think that's kind of been a theme throughout the season. Now going against Christian McCaffrey is is another thing, but um, they've kind of proven over the course of the season that they can at least limit your run game and ex- ex- limit the explosive runs as well. Right. So if you can do that to an extent um, and make Brock Purdy beat you and then take some time off the clock so he doesn't have as many cracks at the, you know, any as many bites at the apple, I should say, mm-hmm. um, I think you've got a chance. I, I really do. And I don't think this is as daunting as people like to make it out to be because I think the Lions have proven they can compete with really good teams in this league. And the 49ers are a really good team, but the Lions are too. So when I take a look at this, this is a, this is a complete team, I think. Um, I think they have a chance. It's just going to be a, a matter of kind of um, limiting those possessions, limiting explosives, and uh, playing your style of, of football, which they've done this, this postseason. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And I think that this one more than more than the last one absolutely has to be that because when you look at San Francisco and like you just said, they got a lot of guys on defense that, that can go, obviously. Like the problem defensively running the ball against them is I feel like 
it's hard to commit to it. It's hard to commit to it because they can get up on you. And, you know, if you're not really good at it, like you said, Colton, they've got guys like uh, obviously Fred Warner's the best linebacker in, in the league in terms of everything he can do. Um, and he's hard to get around and fool on its own, no matter what's going on. But they've got good safeties who come up and fit. You know, Bosa's very good against the run. But that's where I would stop it. That's where I would stop it. Because how many teams go into games against this team and buck up and say, okay, Chase Young, I don't think you can do anything against our big load coming at you. That's what I would do. Because the, I think people give up on it too much with them because they're going to get you stopped on first down. It's going to be second and nine, and you're okay. Shit, we got to throw it because we're already down seven nothing. I I would. This is the game where I would. We're going first down, up your ass. Second down, same thing, and then we'll see about third down. That you just got to be yourself and you force them, their entire group, to deal with it. They're a package defense in a lot of ways because they got a lot of guys. They've spent a lot over there. You force them all to deal with it. I saw Chase Young getting pushed around by wide receiver last week a few times. Okay, yep. Green Bay, that's exactly what they did. They took it right at them, and they have a good front, too, that's budding. Detroit's is better. That's exactly what I would do in this game. Is I, We talked about taking the ball. I might even do that again because I feel like you keep that offense on the, on the bench and you keep yourself going, you're just going to build confidence as you go. Absolutely. I trust these lines tackles, I think, more than the I do. Yeah, 49ers exactly. do on the other side, to be honest with you. Um, Panesu and Taylor Decker great, both played fantastic against the Bucks last week. And I think they can carry that over. But both those dudes are healthy. I think they'll be at their best. Um, and if they are, that's going to make things a whole lot easier for this Lions offense. And I'll tell you what, I was kind of doing some more research and I was reading um David Lombardi has a good breakdown on, on our site mm-hmm. between the, the Lions 49ers has a section called 49ers Fracture Point. Um, talked about Aaron Jones getting, you know, six yards a rush last week. Right. And they mentioned DVOA, which obviously adjusts for uh, strength schedule. Um, the 49ers rank third in run defense overall, but by DVOA, the run defense is 15th, which means they're right. not facing really the league's best running backs and rush, rushing attacks. This duo is different than anything they've seen on their schedule this year. Correct. So – I would have confidence if I'm the Lions in my ability to run the ball and do what I've done all season. So if the offensive line can, can hold up for those backs and they can kind of break some loose and wear them down over the course of the game and Jared Goff can mix it up with some play action throws and, and hit the ones that he really needs. Mm-hmm. We got a game here, man. I yeah. think we do. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. And I, you look at that for a lot of teams and you would say that'd be enough for the Lions to put a lot of teams to bed in the third quarter and be done. But the problem here is that they are a phenomenal football team, San Francisco. And, like, this is all very much easier said than done. Sure. And they can get you. And is Debo – what's his situation before we move forward? Is Debo going to play? Do we know yet? <clears throat> it sounds like he was doing some work on the side yeah. of practice the other day. So that's probably a good sign that he's going to try to give it a go. But I can't imagine he's going to be 100%. Yes. I, so he'll be involved, but maybe not 100%. But it's still sort of – the problem with them is still the problem. And the problem is, is that they've got Shanahan who runs the best offense in the league and has perfectly tailored it to exactly what he wants, except for a quarterback. That's really their flaw because he's got the running back that does everything that he needs him to do. They've got other guys that can go back there and give him a break. Uh, all their receivers can go. I think Ayuk is awesome. He, he's one of the most underrated players in football. Uh, Trent Williams is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Their whole line can play. Kittle, that's probably the same thing when he's done, right? Like, <laughs> it's like offensively, they are the most unique challenge in football, I think, still, other than, you know, Lamar Jackson is, is insane, obviously. 
and Mahomes is insane. But this is like they do stuff, man. Like, and they and he'll pull stuff out that you've never seen before. Like every single cool run wrinkle that anyone does is from Kyle Shanahan. I hope every I think everyone knows that by now, right? Like anyone on Twitter knows that, right? But it's just that's the what you're dealing with. And yes. so defensively, your thoughts as we start to talk about this, because it's a that's the hill here to climb is can you get off the freaking field enough times to, you know, to do what you want to do? Yeah, I don't know about that, man. I, I really <laughs> I mean, we talk about all season. We know if the Lions are going to win playoff games like this, they need their offense to to, to win those battles. It's not really, really going to come down yeah. to defense. But if you're asking me if I have confidence in the defense, um, better. they are playing better. I, I think it's going to come down to Aiden Hutchinson having a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and pressuring Brock Purdy. I think Aaron Glenn is going to keep needing to do what he did in the last game, which is bringing pressure from the secondary and mixing up with Brian Branch and Iffy and um, having just throwing different looks. I look. At, I remember the um, 49ers-Ravens game where the 49ers just looked so discombobulated. Right. And they were just coming at Purdy in so many different ways. He didn't know what was hitting him. Um now, obviously, you are not the 49ers defense, so you can't exactly <laughs> no or the Ravens. Right? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not the Ravens defense. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do think that you can try to confuse Purdy a little bit. Um, I think you can get him off his game, make him move a little bit in the pocket, get him uncomfortable, and if you can do that, um, maybe he can start missing some throws. He's not, you know, his accuracy kind of hits and comes and goes when he is is pressured. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like you look at this 49ers offense, there's not a ton of weaknesses. They can run the ball, they can throw the ball, they got good pass catchers, good blockers over the field. So this Lions defense probably isn't equipped to handle something like this. It's funny because when you look at the rest of the defenses, I think the Ravens, Chiefs, and 49ers are like one, two, and three, (laughs) like defensively. And the Lions are somewhere like 23rd in the NFL. Uh, So something, one of these things is not like the other. Uh, (laughs) But I, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, the one I'm not thing confident, they have, but no, I'm not. We'll see. And um, you were around for this. You remember the 2021 Michigan Ohio State game, the one that Michigan won that they flipped their and they have shocked everybody with it. Yeah. Um, that's the type of game that you have to play in this one if I, if it's me because in that game they went into it saying, and we've just talked about the fact, you know we were totally confident in our run game and we're going to run it right at you. And we're going to just shred you. You're not going to be able to stop it. And we're going to score in the forties and, and we're going to keep you off the field as much as humanly possible. But you're also going to probably gash the shit out of us. And because we can't cover it, any of your guys and you're, you know what I mean? Like you're going to get down the field. It's going to happen. However, when we get, to, if we can get you to third and four, on the 13, it's go time. We're going to throw stuff at you you've never seen before. And the difference in a game like that was they got enough stops and they won the game and, like, you can't keep, you know, whatever. It's a college game and obviously that's a different deal. But, like, it's a similar philosophy here because Brock Purdy is going to give you opportunities if you if you do what you just said, Colton. If you make him have to really think beyond what he's had to think about in those super critical moments – because if the 49ers have a couple stalls, the problem with a highfalutin, fancy, special, perfect offense that scripts 70 plays, you get a couple grains of sand in the wheels, man. Everybody's pissed, and it goes to hell. And it's just a disaster. And you don't know why, and it's a disaster for like a quarter until you figure out and fix it. 
And then the team that's not supposed to beat you is up by 14 points. Like that is what has to happen in this game. Full stop. And uh, defensively, it's just got to be about those little moments. You know, if he gives you one, if you get him flustered and he does it all the time, you got to pick it, right? Can't drop it. You got to be there and you got to make the play. Packers didn't do that. And they had a couple of them. I feel like that were there and they should have been made. And it's like, you got to make every single one of them in this game to win it. And that'll be what it takes. Every single one, basically. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, all of them. That and, you know, tighten up in the red zone. When you get in that area of the field, field goals over touchdowns, you know, it's easier said than done against an offense like this. Sell out on it. Right. Yeah. That's and if it means going cover zero in certain situations, right? Just do it. And like, whatever. Like, they're going to score anyway in certain situations. It's just, you got to be. And I think that to your point, they're pretty well equipped to do that. I'm just curious to see how it'll hold up. I also think. The linebackers and, you know, Derek Barnes, obviously what a story that was coming through uh, and making that play at the end of the game. But they have to have a huge game here, I feel like. I mean, that's, you know, you can't be missing fits. You can't be all over the place. Like, I don't know. What's your thoughts on, on those guys over the last couple of weeks too, Colton? I know that Cam, we get a lot of questions about Jack Campbell, um, who's, I think, going through the same things every rookie linebacker goes through. But your thoughts on Barnes and then the whole group there just in general. I think it's a big week this week, but just how they played. Yeah, I think that interception was a huge confidence booster for Barnes. Um, You know, to have a moment like that, really just the culmination of a three-year process for him. You know, he didn't know what he was doing when he first got here and was all over the place. Even even his second year had some struggles like that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, He's looked like a a completely different player. And that's something Kelvin Shepard told us over the summer. Um, You know, obviously when the Lions drafted Jack Campbell, many assumed that, okay, he's going to be the guy. Barnes, you're kind of phased out here. Barnes texted and called. Kelvin Shepard after the draft and was like, hey, I'm happy we got some more help, but what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Shepard said, you're going to have a chance to compete just like everyone else. This is how I run my room. Just because we have a first-round pick in here doesn't mean he's going to start immediately. doesn't right. mean you won't have a chance to compete. So um, Barnes took that to heart, put in the work this offseason, and um, got to a point where he's making plays. And I think Shepard came up to him like, after that interception and said, you're the reason we're going to the NFC Championship game. Crazy. You your play just propelled us to the MC championship game. Crazy. Um, which is kind of a story about how the Lions talent development. 100 percent is along. yeah. That's like the mm-hmm. perfect story that kind of encapsulates that. Um now in terms of this linebacker room, they're kind of banged up. Alex Anzalone's playing with like three broken ribs right now, which <laughs> is not fun. God. <laughs> it's not easy. I think his shoulder's also kind of banged up, but uh, he's going to need to be at his best. And he is a really good coverage linebacker. Yeah. So when you're talking about someone putting someone on um, on Kittle, it's probably going to be Anzalone more often than not. That's who you want in that matchup. He's your best cover guy. Um, you know, Jack Campbell, we do get a lot of questions about him. Um, it seems like the Lions are trying to get others involved. We saw Jalen Reese maybe a lot on the field um, yeah. late in the game. Um, Barnes, obviously, and Anzalone. <clears throat> so... You know, obviously he's a rookie. I'm not sure how much they trust him yet in the playoffs. You know, you're talking about an NFC Championship game against the 49ers. We'll see. I, I assume they'll put him in there on early downs and maybe take him off the field on third and fourth down situations. Um, but he has been really good against the run, in my opinion. So I think so too. That's, yeah, he has to be on his run fits, and he can't afford to miss anything. And sometimes he does. He's a rookie, um, but they're going to need him to be at his best. And then Barnes doing doing his thing as well. Like he's going to need to continue his level of play. So. I do think the linebackers are key in a game like this where the 49ers do so much over the middle and use their tight ends and their backs out of the backfield. So you do have to kind of pay attention and avoid the eye candy with all the motion stuff. 
Um, but yeah, they're gonna have the work cut out for them for sure. I think Campbell is a fascinating, and I, I agree with you completely. Like Barnes is the perfect story for their player development. Like they drafted him knowing they were gonna have to develop him. Talked about this on the show a ton. We talked about Briar Barnes so much in 2021 because he was he got hurt and then got behind, and it was like, oh my god, he's never gonna make it. He's never going to catch up or get enough reps to be competitive. And then you see we saw him in camp and you saw the positive attitude and the, 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 the switch flipped. And it was like, I'm like, okay, this is NFL player. This is an NFL football player. He is here to compete. Let's go. Like that's what, and I think that Jack Campbell is the same guy um, who's had a much better rookie season than Derek Barnes did. Obviously you would expect that from a first round pick, yeah. but there's also problems that he has, I think in coverage right now yep. that Derek had too. Um, and some of that is, what they're asking him to do. They've asked him to do a lot of different stuff that he was being asked, then he was being asked to do at Iowa. And some of that just being a rookie, you know, some guys, I think the only one that probably played better than him this year was Ivan Pace, who should have been drafted as everyone knows. Uh, but crazy. like, yeah, but like, <laughs> and you know, Ivan Pace is just like a super smart. You can't really fool him linebacker who played a lot of football and is just a smart guy. Campbell is not quite all the way there. I feel like yet, but I feel like he's getting there in a lot of other areas. And this has just been a really interesting sort of run here. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Jack Campbell gets a bunch of run in this game and makes plays. Like Derek Barnes was in there late and made a play. Like I think all those guys are competing, or both of those two, I should say, are competing so hard. Uh, it's been cool to see both of them kind of – because I think they both made strides. Certainly Derek and everyone saw that. But I think Campbell has made strides as well. Uh, we had him on the all-rookie team at the end of the day. I mean, like I think he's been fine at the end of the day. Yeah. And those guys, I think, pushed each other to be better. I kind of yep. wrote that. I wrote about the rookie class, um, the Lions, you know, 2023 guys right? Um, this morning and um, talked about just the process of, you know, Barnes learning about the news and those two pushing each other to be better. And kind of the competition brought out the, boast, brought out the best in both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're seeing that kind of play out in the playoffs with, with Derek Barnes making plays, with Campbell, you know, doing his thing with the run game and – the Lions defense, they're kind of interchangeable with their linebackers. So you'll see four different guys on the field and um, kind of mixing and matching different personnel looks. So um, I, I imagine we'll see more of that in this game. So we'll see. Yeah. And that's another thing before we sort of go into the final stage here that, that Kelvin Shepard has been outstanding. Awesome. Uh, one, yep. one of the best hires that Dan Campbell has made. Uh, it wasn't – Kelvin was not on the first staff. I don't think – I think he was um, came late and was like a – I think he was like an off-field assistant or something weird like that. It wasn't like a regular coach. And then the next year, obviously, they elevated him, and it has just been – their linebackers were sucked when he when Dan Campbell got here, man. Like, they were so <laughs> bad. And that was supposed to be Patricia's, like, bread and butter, and they were so lost, and everybody sucked so bad. It's a big credit to Alex Anzalone for the leadership he shows, but Shepard is a big deal. And I think that if and when Aaron Glenn gets a job here soon – um, Shepard would number one be a candidate here to take his job in Detroit. And I think he would probably be a candidate to take Aaron Glenn's job wherever he goes. So, like, same thing we've talked about on the other side of the ball with replacing Ben Johnson. Not too worried about it if I'm Dan Campbell. I think they're in pretty good hands here with some. And there's other defensive coaches too. Duker, Brian Duker. Duker yep. They've got some choices too. But I mean, Shepard is definitely one of them that is a rising coach, I think, right now in the league. Absolutely. I mean, the reason why. Glenn is getting looks right now, and people ask us all the time, why is Glenn, oh, their defense is blah, blah, blah. Why is he, <laughs> right. yeah. why people want him? It's the culture stuff in 100%. addition to his defensive mind. Um, 
And now Glenn, I don't think is the guy that can necessarily, you know, turn water into wine. He's done a pretty good job based on what the Lions have. If you look around, they don't have a ton of studs. It's not mm-hmm. like the I think it's still bottom five in defensive spending and um, the offense definitely has a lot more first round picks and talent and all pros, obviously. Um, but I do think he's done a good job with the talent he's had. Um, but in addition to that, like you, if you get him a good defensive roster, I think you can make him a great one. I and then if you l- allow him to take over your team, you are getting the leader of men, the culture builder, which a lot of teams are looking at the Lions and saying, how do we replicate what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, when I sat down with the Lions brass about my um, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes story at the beginning of the season, they told me we've had a lot of people, a lot of a lot of executives around the league ask us, how did, how are they making this work? You know, what's the secret sauce here? Um, and people are looking for their own Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Well, where, where do you find the next Dan Campbell? Why don't you look at his own staff and look at a guy like Aaron Glenn who's been with right. him. He's kind of molded in the same way, came like up in the friends. same group. They're good friends. Like a lot of similarities there. And there's a reason players voted Aaron Glenn. Um, you know, he was the highest rated you know, defensive coordinator based on his own players. I think that speaks volumes about how respected he is um, in this league and, and by his team. And um, in terms of a culture builder and a guy that's going to lead you and um, kind of mold a team in the way that the current lines are molded, there's there's your guy. So absolutely, I agree. And I think Kelvin Shepard is kind of in that same mold. Um, as a former player, he's seen a lot of stuff. He's learned from Aaron Glenn over the years, from Dan Campbell. Um, so if you're talking about a replacement for Aaron Glenn down the road, I, I do think Kelvin Shepard has those qualities that you look for, has a leader of men type of type of build. And um, again, a lot of teams around the league are looking for that. So the Lions have a couple of those guys in house already. Yeah, and we understand why Ben Johnson gets all the attention, obviously, because it's an offensive league and yep. he's run a really good offense. And I get all that, you know, and I'm not this and I'm, what I'm about to say is not a cut to Ben Johnson. But if you're looking at the best culture coach on the Lions staff, it's Aaron Glenn by 100 miles, same yep. close. It's not no even doubt. it's not even a conversation. <laughs> not like, at all. like he's the most important hire Campbell made point blank period. The decision to stand behind him when other, when people thought that he was actually going to fire him, which he never would in a million years, uh, <laughs> galvanized the team, point blank, period. Like, he, they are together the chief reason why this whole, and with Brad Holmes, the chief reason why this whole thing happened. Like, he is such a big deal. Like, he doesn't have the, the title of associate head coach or assistant. I don't, I think other guys have that because he doesn't need it though. Right. Everyone knows he is right. Like he doesn't need it. He is that though. He (laughs) is the second guy. And it's like, and I think that that gets overlooked, but it's been cool to see this cycle because he's gotten two interviews with a lot of teams now. I think, um, I think he's going to get a job because it's impossible not to see that when you sit down with him, you know what I mean? And I know that the saints that was like this close, razor thin, that they almost did it before anyone thought he was ready. And yeah, I think he's going to get a job for sure. I, it's been cool to see him get that, get the attention that he deserves, I think, from the people in the league. The fans don't know shit about defense and how hard that is. That's <laughs> like a different level of stuff. But he, people in the league know. And that's been, that's been cool to see. Yeah. This cycle might be tough for him just because those jobs are kind of going fast. It sounds What's like the Atlanta situation? What's the Atlanta situation? Well, early on, it looked like Belichick. What's going on? Now, I don't know. They they did request both Johnson and Glenn for second interviews. I think AG could um, get that job, actually, over I'm, Ben Johnson. I think their maybe. GM used to be in New Orleans. Is that right? If 
Fontenot. Oh, did he? Was that Fontenot? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe. That's maybe, a tough but one, though. Tough the one. only reason I would say no to that one is like, if yeah, you're offense, Arthur guys, Blank yeah. and you fire your your head coach, and you're how old is he? Is he ninety something? I don't know. Yeah, he's old. Eighty something. Mm-hmm. It seems like he wants to see a winner sometime soon, and like I would, I would imagine he would want someone more experienced than a first time head coach. Not to say that Glenn couldn't get the job done there, but yeah, you know, there looks like they're targeting Belichick. They brought Harbaugh in for an interview before he got the Chargers job, so it seems like they're kind of going for that type. But you never know. Um, that might be his best chance at this point because the Titans job also got filled. Right. Um, but yeah, if not this cycle, I would be shocked if he's still here after he'll get one next year. He will. Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool to see that. I think, I think he's like such a big team first guy. Right. And I think that they sacrifice so much defensively here, um, because of just how the team is built and that, but that's how football is that it gets overshadowed. And it's like, when you have leaders, they rise to the top always. And he's a leader. And like, he is a head coach. He is a head football coach all the way. Like he's a guy who can walk into a room of a hundred strangers. And by the end of it, all of them are like dead silent, listening to everything he has to say. That's Aaron Glenn. So off the soapbox of that one, uh, a lot of other people talk about a lot of other stuff on him, but that is what it is. It's been cool to see not only defense play well late and they have the run defense has improved despite the fact that they've been hurt. Uh, with him getting interviews and all that stuff as well. So we'll see how that goes uh, moving forward. Colton, uh, before you get out of here, I know you got stuff to talk about here. Final thoughts uh, on this one before uh, we head into it. One week away from the Super Bowl, one win away from the Super Bowl for crying out loud. Yeah. But at this point, I'm done, you know, saying anything about that. It doesn't matter. All the history stuff's fine. You're here now. It is, you know what I mean? It's been a great season for the Lions, obviously. I don't think that would change no matter what happens in this game. But you're here, man, and these don't come around very often. Right. This is a big one, man. Um, you don't want to let these opportunities slip away when you're here because um, you never know what, what the future holds, right? Like I wrote earlier this week, this could be the last time this group is is together the way they are, like this coaching right. staff, the trio of coordinators. Everybody. Um, everyone. Um, like you could have an injury to Jared Goff next year. You could have something derail your season that you're not expecting. It happens all the time in the NFL. Um, just look at the Ravens last year when Lamar all got the hurt. Time. Yeah. All the time. Um, so when you're here, you really got to capitalize. And the Lions are here, one game away from Super Bowl. I've sort of been looking at players and coaches this week, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's the, what's the read here? Um, and I listen to Campbell say, it's about us. We just got to block out the noise about us. I look at Goff at the podium yesterday. I thought Goff at the podium was his best, the best he's been all season. I saw he that. Was I agree. Dialed in. He was not taking the bait from any of the columnists out here. <laughs> um, he was joking around. He That's was fun, sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, but then he also offered some insight as a guy who's taken a team to a Super Bowl before, and a guy who's who's seen this team rise over the years and knows that they have what it takes based on what he's seen in the past with his previous team. And so that to me tells me I, I think the Lions are locked in, man. And that's that's yeah. all you can ask for. That doesn't mean they're going to win, but they're doing everything they need to this week in order to give themselves the best possible chance. And um, you know, if that happens on Sunday, I won't be surprised because of everything I've seen this week. Um, so big one on Sunday. We'll see if they can get it done. But either way, it should be fun. Either way, they've had a fantastic mm-hmm. season. Um, yes. This season is a success no matter what happens on Sunday. And they're set up for success in the future as well. 
Yes, I think I've said it all year. We've said it all year. Um, to me, this is still a year ahead of where I thought they would be when Campbell and Holmes got the job. Uh, that all doesn't matter now. They're here, obviously, uh, but it's been something that if you look around the league and you talk to other people who are around the league, the Lions are being um, looked at as a team that are copied, right? I mean, that's starting to happen. Uh, teams yep. are looking more deeply at, you know, what kind of culture can you bring here? What kind of, you know, environment can you create? Like, can we... Can you be a guy who can help recruit talent here, maybe in a situation because they want to play for you? Like that's that's a head coach, and I think that uh, I said when he got hired um, that I really hoped that it was going to work. I said it to everybody I I could talk to because I wrote about it a couple weeks ago. Actually, Lloyd Carr used to talk to me about this a lot when I was writing that book because um, it was during that 2021 season, and he'd said he'd heard from so many people that Dan Campbell was going to work, and I just kept saying, I hope it does because I feel like he's the last chance for the good guy, former player to get a job and for it to happen because for years, the good guy got looked at as the pushover. You're too soft. Like you'll never get a team to play for you because you're not demanding enough. You can't scream your way out of something or like screw a guy in the middle of the night, like Belichick does or whatever. Right. Like that was such a flawed thing. And like the 2010s, uh, that's all we talked about. You got to get a hard ass who just like runs it like a military. That era is dead, thank God. And I feel like Dan <laughs> Campbell's buried that. And yeah. so here's to him and his staff because it's been a pleasure to cover uh, for those, even when they sucked, honestly. Um, I think you would say the same, Colton, even when they weren't good. They, they're just a, a great group of people to be around. And it's cool to see everyone else get to see that, I feel like. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a great game too. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else before we get out of here? I'm all good. That was, that was very well said, Nick. I yep. agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see how it goes uh, this weekend. Everyone, uh, we'll see if there's one more after this. Hope everyone enjoys <laughs> it. I know you will. Uh, Colton will be there. If the Lions are in the Super Bowl, we will both be in Las Vegas. For Can you imagine the shit the Lions are going to talk if they actually win this game and go to Super Bowl? It's going to be legendary. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> They're going to the, pull out every goddamn no, estate yeah, known to man. And they're going to invade... <laughs> If it is Detroit versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and it's Eminem Ooh. versus Taylor Swift, Swifty. it's out yeah. You see the we'll Swifties found uh, Colby Soresville the other day? <laughs> I did, yes. We'll leave it at that. The Lions have a lot of Swift fans as well, as we know. Uh, but in any event, I hope everyone enjoys the game this weekend. Uh, really watch it and savor it, because you never know when it'll come back around. But in any event, uh, thanks for listening again. As always, Colton, I'm Nick. Uh, we'll talk to you later.